Hello and welcome to the Venus Factor Podcast. My name is Coach Liz and today I want to present to you Nutrition the Venus Way. This is a live seminar I presented in Dumas, Texas at the YMCA there. So let's get started. Alright, so um, we came today with the intention of talking about nutrition because it is actually more important than the workout part of this for you to get to your goal. And a lot of times during the workout, me and Brenda and Carly and Yvette, we are so into the workout that we don't get to talk enough about the nutrition part. And um, I think Brenda just realized the importance of it. And so thank you for inviting me to speak. Um, before I go further, this is kind of the hierarchy of fitness. So here you have a pyramid at the bottom. Huge part is nutrition. They say that 80% of how you look is due to your nutrition. The other 20% is rest, stress, and your workouts. Okay? So if you'll notice, stress and sleep is actually beneath fitness. It's more important. If you're not getting seven to nine hours of sleep a night, you are not getting enough sleep. Therefore, your body can't recover. Therefore, just your hormones start messing up. You don't make good decisions. I can't stress that enough. The one thing that you don't have a lot of control over is your stress because your life is your life and however you've designed it is that way. But some of that um, is a mindset thing. Like if you say I'm stressed, you're gonna feel more stressed than if you're like, okay, I'm gonna make a plan, I'm gonna get organized, then you might not feel as much stress. So that's just something to think about. Your mindset and all this is everything. Um, so work on reducing as much stress as you can. Like people that compete in bodybuilding or bikini, that's their job and that's that way for a reason. They don't have full-time jobs because all their stress comes from their training and their nutrition. And that's why they look the way they do. So it's not to tell you that you can't ever get there, it's just you've gotta make that a priority if that's the way you wanna look. And for a lot of us, myself included, I've got a husband and kids and a full-time job, so I'm gonna be real with you. I can look that way for a photo shoot, but I don't maintain that every day. And that's because I have a life and that's not my priority. And there's nothing wrong with that. You just need to be open and honest about it. I'm not saying that you can't look damn good, because we all can't, okay? And then at the very top is the fitness, and I know you've all got that on check because you're here at 8.30 in the driving range, okay? so. That's the point that makes you from beyond, from average to go on beyond is the fitness part. So you've gotta have an intelligent workout plan and you all have that if you have Venus, okay? All right, so to preface this, John teaches that there's three waves of eating. The first way of eating is eating in a surplus. We all know what that feels like to overeat. We're all very good at it. Nobody has to teach you how to do that, okay? My kids, I have to tell them to stop. They can't have 15 brownies. Okay? It's innate in us. We want more than we're supposed to. Okay? The second way of eating is maintenance. And that is probably, in my opinion, one of the most difficult things to master because before I found Venus, I was a constant yo-yo dieter. So I was eating at a surplus or I was dieting. I could never figure out how to eat at maintenance. Okay? Eating at maintenance means that your body weight stays the same. Your body fat stays the same. You just kind of have what's called a cyclical water and food weight. So your scale won't stay exactly the same, but your metrics generally do. And then the last thing is eating in a deficit. And we're gonna talk mostly about this today because 
90% of my clients and the women that I talk to want to lose body fat. And in order to do that, what drives that is eating in a deficit, okay? So when you eat in a deficit, it is not forever. It is like a prescription. So if you're sick, the doctor gives you a prescription, right? So if you have too much body fat, I'm telling you, you have to eat in a deficit to get rid of it, okay? Your goal is never going to be 0% body fat. We get girls that what I see is not what they see in the mirror. They always want to lose fat. Nobody is going to be zero body fat, females especially, okay? It's not healthy, you'll die. <laughs> A lean female on stage is usually 10 to 15% body fat. Venus ideal is 15 to 20% body fat. Most women in Texas walking around are above 30% body fat. So real this is by DEXA, not pinch calipers. Pinch calipers are not the best thing to use, okay? Uh, for most women, the way that you think you wanna look is pretty close to Venus ideals. So based on your height, there's a shoulder, waist, and hip metric. My push to you is to shoot for a look. You're going for a look, you're going for a, closer to that a metric, you are not going for a scale weight. The weight range for you all, depending on your height, is like 20 pounds because you can be heavily muscled, so you'll weigh more. You can be about average, so you'll be right in the middle, or you can be under muscled for your height, so you're at the small end. So it's a huge range. So don't let scale, it's a good indicator of fat loss, but don't let that be your end all be all. Because also as your training age increases, your weight is gonna go up somewhat. And the more muscle you have, your skin it just goes up slightly. I'm just talking a couple of pounds, okay? Um, the next thing is hunger is hunger, no matter how big or small your deficit is. If you're eating in a deficit, you're gonna have some hunger sometimes. You have to get okay with it. That is your signal of your body saying, I'm burning fat instead of the food you're putting in me. And after about a week or two, when you're eating in a deficit, you start getting used to it and you don't feel the hunger as much. It's like your body's like, okay, she's not gonna, we're gonna be cool with this. Okay, shut up. <laughs> All right, so the, the final point on this slide is that the closer you are to your goal, the closer you are to ideal, the, high, the smaller your deficit is gonna be. So if you're further out, you're gonna have a bigger deficit than someone who has less body fat because the less body fat you have, the less amount your body can put forth to burn for you. Does that make sense? If you have a lot of body fat, your, your body can give a lot of gap between what you eat and what you burn. All right, the next preface before I go into the nuts and bolts is that error is everywhere. And this was a big thing for me because I used to, before I taught, actually I managed a quality assurance lab for a food company. So we were responsible for filling packages, getting the calorie counts on that. Something that never occurred to me, even though I was in this industry, is every package is overfilled. That's because the government can sue you if you underfill your packages. So if my little protein bar says it's 200 grams, there's actually 205 grams in there. Do you see how many of those five grams adds up all day long? You getting that? Okay, also the 200 calories it says it is on there is an average. Your bar could be 210 calories, it could be 190. But generally it's gonna be on the higher end because again, it's overfilled, right? So if you're a tiny female, five foot, all this air completely just squashed your deficit because on a good day you're burning 1200 calories and if your deficit was 1000, there went all your 200 calories, all these little adding up, okay? so. When I tell you, 
to shoot for a certain calorie goal, you want to take away 10 to 15% for error. So like if I say 1,100 calories is your goal, when I'm tracking my calories, I'm gonna actually track 1,000 because I'm giving myself 10% error. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, so when we're talking deficit, your calories are your king. That's what drives your fat loss, okay? So if you're in a deficit, that's from your calories not meeting your maintenance level, and that's what's gonna drive your fat loss. But to that, protein is prince. So you're gonna have a protein goal also, and you want to hit that goal or above that every day because that amount of protein is what your body needs to refuel and replenish and rebuild. Because when we're working out in here, we are actually damaging our muscles, okay? And protein is what builds our body. So you have to have those building bricks ready to repair, right? Um, Another little thing that I didn't ever understand till I was deep into Venus was that you want to try to alternate your protein sources at meals. So like this morning when I get home, I might have some whey protein and some protein pancakes. Then at dinner I'm going to have, or at snack, I'm going to have some chicken. Then at dinner I should have beef. Do you see how I'm switching it out? If you, because every protein is built of amino acids and none of them have every single kind. So some types of whey are technically complete because they add in all of them. But if you try to switch them out, you'll hit all the different colors of Lego amino acids so that you're never deficient in anything. The other thing is if you always eat something, you could develop an allergy. And I'm gonna talk about it more in a little bit. Variety is very big, not just in protein, but in fruits and vegetables too. Because you wanna be sure that you're getting the whole array and that you're never kind of grouping yourself here because your gut flora, and we're gonna talk about how important gut flora is, will get kind of sidelined into this area and then you're gonna get stagnant. And we'll talk about why that is, okay? Um, carbs and fat, I'm not talking about them very much and I won't all day. Let them fall where they will. I tend to plan my day around calories and protein and then my fat and my carbs fall where they will, okay? Um, they're just, they tend to kind of split what's left, like half and half of what's left. But some days I'm more fat heavy and some days I'm more carb heavy. Some of you um, will realize you feel better one way or the other. And so you can kind of plan that way. Um, but I'm, I kind of just let it fall where it will. And then I think my tastes maybe drive what my body's needing, okay? Um, so if calories are king, and we already talked about all this error that we're experiencing, you wanna be sure you weigh or measure 80% of everything that goes in your mouth. The reason is, is that we're already nailing jello to a wall. It is so hard to even figure out what you're ingesting. We can only have an idea. Don't make it harder by eyeballing stuff all day. Does that make sense? Okay, so that would mean that the other 20% that you're not weighing or measured is already prepackaged or you're eating out at someone's house or a restaurant. When you're eating out at someone's house or a restaurant, you're gonna do the best you can, but you're gonna do what I call covert nutrition. You are already struggling in an upstream battle. Everybody's going this way. They're gaining weight, gaining body fat, if you notice around you. You're one of the few salmon swimming up the fitness river. When you're out with your 
friends and family, eat like you normally do. If you're, I mean, like we only eat out with our friends and family maybe one or two days a week, okay? Those are my maintenance days and I eat like a normal person. I don't ask the waiter to put nothing on it, bring it to me plain and drop because that's freaking weird. Nobody wants to be with that person, okay? So pick good choices. So I might have a huge salad. I might have them put the dressing on the side and that's just for me to see how much is there, okay? Um, but don't, don't be the person who makes a big deal about it all the time. And don't preach to your friends and family. When they see you and the way you look, they will come to you for advice when they want it. Trust me, okay? Nobody wants to hear about what you're doing unless they've asked. Okay, so don't preach at people. So that's called covert nutrition. So all your hard work should be done when you are eating at home with your family and in a supportive environment. When you're eating out with other people, eat like a normal human. Okay, all right. If you're a person that travels, you're gonna have to be the weirdo though. Like if you eat out with people every meal of every day, that's a whole different concept. And we can talk about that in a minute if any of you are that. All right. So most of us have a weekly pattern. The idea in Venus is that you eat at a deficit five to six days a week, and then you eat at maintenance level one or two days a week. So if you're wanting to look like you're really driven right now, you might could do six in one. Me, when I am dieting down, which I am right now, I would do a five, two pattern. The two days of maintenance though are not consecutive. Generally, I have my maintenance days on Friday and Sunday. So Saturday would be a deficit day, okay? So on your deficit day, this is where again, fat loss occurs. You're gonna be hungry at times, it's okay. Um, most women need 70 to 90 grams of protein a day. The taller you are, the more you need. The more active you are, the more you need. Um, I, I'm at 88 grams and I'm 5'9 and I exercise for like 30 minutes on average a day. I'm saying all seven days a week, okay, intense. Um, when you're on a deficit day, it behooves you to eat for volume. So you eat lean protein and lots of veggies and fruit because you can get full off of that. I am a small pony when I eat. I can get full off of my deficit days if I eat smart, okay? On my maintenance days, again, those are non-consecutive. You got to, basically what it's doing is it's teaching you what it's gonna be like when you are done dieting. This is how every day is gonna look to you. So it's practice for the long run. And then it's also resetting your hormones. So you have some different hormones that drive your hunger and satiety and also your metabolism. Some of those are leptin and ghrelin. You might have heard of them. When you eat up at maintenance, it restores those levels. So that is super important. You cannot eat at a deficit for weeks and weeks at a time. Don't do it. It's not good for you. Okay. So um, on your maintenance days, your protein is gonna be the same. So whatever your protein goal is, so mine would be 88 grams still, but then my carb and my fat level would come up. And that's important because um, the carbs and the fat levels do have important things. Don't ever tell yourself that you don't need carbs or you don't need fat, you do. They both have certain things they need to do. And that's part of what brings your hormones up. So my um, carb levels are gonna come up almost to 200 grams on my maintenance days. My fat levels are gonna come up over like 50 grams. And then my protein might come up too. It's okay if it comes up. I eat closer to 120 grams of protein a day. Um, and that's mostly for my satiety. Again, I'm, I eat like a small horse. 
So my weekly pattern, this isn't actually me, but for someone who's got some to lose, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday might be 1,000 calories. Friday's a maintenance day at 1,500. Saturday's at 1,000, and then Sunday's at 1,500. That gives me, for the total week, 8,000 calories. That total is important. So say on Monday I mess up and I go over 1,200, so I'm, I'm over 200. I could take 100 off here or 100 off here. Do you see what I'm saying? So anytime you mess up, or you could take it off your second maintenance day and just have one that week and then have a day that's like above a deficit, but it's not full maintenance, okay? But always one day a week you wanna go all the way full up to maintenance, okay? Questions on that? <coughs> ah. Okay, so where am I getting these goals? When you buy just the base Venus package, you, there's a VFV and calculator. And in it, you put your height, your weight, your metrics, your activity level, and based on that, it'll tell you your ideals for your height. It'll tell you your target weight range. It will tell you your um, maintenance calories. It'll tell you your suggested daily intake your weight fluctuation based on water, glycogen, and food, and then your protein. So it's gonna give you all of that. You want to, if you are losing weight, you're not maintaining, you're gonna to wanna to input your metrics about every one or two weeks because your deficit calories will go up as you lose weight. Okay, or if your activity level changes, you're gonna to wanna to put that in when it's changing. So if you're not consistently doing X number of workouts a week, put change it, okay? So this comes with the base Venus pa package. Again, on your maintenance and deficit, you're gonna to wanna to take off for error, okay? It doesn't for you. All right, meal timing does not matter. Multiple studies have shown that it doesn't matter whether you eat two meals or six meals a day, if the calories are the same, you'll lose the same amount of fat, okay? Find a pattern that works for you. We're all different, we all have different lives and what works for us. So whether you like to eat big meals or a bunch of small ones, either way. The one caveat to this is you should try to fast between dinner and breakfast 12 hours. That just gives your digestion time to clear everything out and get ready for the next day. The other thing is, is that research has shown the earlier you eat, you turn that eating switch on, the more likely you're gonna eat more all day. Because once your body starts digesting food, it's ready for food for the next part, and the next part, and the next part. So um, you're, you'll have to try some different strategies. I'll share with you what my typical deficit day looks like, and it's pretty similar on a maintenance day, so the meals would be bigger. All right, so my normal deficit day would be from like eight to 10. I have coffee and tea, like loads of it. So this is my tea right here. I just take it with me and then I'm gonna have a cup of coffee. Um, at between 11 and one, whenever I get hungry, I would have meal one. It's about 300 calories with 30 grams of protein. I try to keep a 10 to one calorie to protein. Do you see what I'm doing there? Then between two and 3.30, I'd meal two. It's really more of a snack. It's about 200 calories and 20 grams of protein. Generally, it's a protein bar. Uh, between five and seven is meal three. That's dinner with my family, which I cook nine times out of 10. That's my biggest meal of the day. It's about 400 calories and 40 grams of protein. And then between seven and eight is meal four, which is technically my dessert. 
Um, it's about 300 calories and 30 grams of protein. I usually have um, fruit and non-fat plain Greek yogurt mixed together. That's my, like every freaking day, I love it. <laughs> All right, so the caveat to this is supplements. Um, my clients uh, kind of ask how they feel. So just know that this is optional and this is me talking about what's worked for my clients and my friends. You don't have to do any of this, okay? Supplements are um, controversial. I tell all my clients they should take a multivitamin with iron. Most women are anemic without taking an iron supplement. Um, you'll know you're anemic because you get dizzy when you stand up, you have a hard time recovering, you bruise easily, um, you might feel fatigued or tired all the time. If you feel any of this, you probably have an iron deficiency and a multivitamin with 100% daily value of iron would take care of that. Basically, when you're in a deficit, a multivitamin is your insurance policy. That's what I call it. So since your food intake is not as big as it normally would be, it's just a good idea. Um, I recommend fish oil for inflammation. Um, you can tell if you're inflamed with a basic blood test. Um, you're looking at basically your triglycerides, your HDL level, and the, kind of the ranges. Um, most Americans uh, struggle with inflammation because of the standard American diet. Um, if your body is trying to fight inflammation in your veins and arteries, it doesn't really have time to respond to your inflammation you're causing in a workout. So. Official is just a good insurance policy for that. Um, a probiotic, um, I gave some kind of guidelines here. Probiotics um, are not all created equal. You wanna find a micro-encapsulated one. Uh, you need four to eight billion, billion colony, colony forming units, CFUs per pill. And um, you want some four to eight mil, a billion colony forming units and uh, you want to buy something that has a money-back guarantee because if it doesn't feel like it's working it's probably not so take it back um, blue star how would you feel it um, you would be more regular in the bathroom you um, would not feel bloated or gassy so those are all indicators that it's working Okay. Well, they give you, um, I know there's, whenever you talked about the certain grades, I had a friend that she started probiotics and was overzealous and ended up like detoxing really quick and felt like horrible. Is there a way to start it? Will they give you a way to start it? Yeah, um, I, ten, the one I order is from Blue Star Nutraceuticals. Um, most people say to start with one a day and then increase to two from there. Most people don't need more than two. So she was like taking two in the morning? Yeah, night, like that's a good point. So yeah, you don't want to go like balls to the walls when you start. <laughs> um, the next one that this is probably the most um, controversial is creatine monohydrate. You've probably heard of it. Um, it is for muscle repair and recovery. It is one of the best research supplements on the market, but there is a lot of misinformation out there. Um, I take it, some people are not responders. There's creatine in this, that's why I held it up. I get the plain unflavored from GNC. 
Um, if I don't take it, what I feel is I get sore every day. I don't feel like I recover between workouts the same. Um, and But also, like if I was to go have blood work done and I'm not taking it, my creatine level is low naturally. Some people's creatine levels are naturally high. This is something your body produces. So it's always worth a shot to take it and see how you feel. You, you need to take it for about three weeks. Um, some people say that they feel like they gain too much water weight because part of the way that it works is it inflates your muscle balloons, your water, so that they don't rip to shreds as bad. Um, I don't notice any water weight or bloating, so that's just me though. Um, so for me, creatine's pretty important. Like, I pack it with me when I go places because I don't like to be so sore I can't move. Um, so that's just one of the ones that I would recommend. Uh, protein powders um, are technically a supplement. I get, again, like a 10 to 1 ratio. 10 calories per 1 gram of protein is ideal. Um, I use Optimum Nutrition, which is actually better. It's got 120 calories and 24 grams of protein. Um, I usually do about a scoop a day. I prefer not to use it in shakes. I make protein pancakes or protein crepes or protein cheesecake. I make all kinds of crazy things with it. I don't like to drink my calories as a rule. So I don't tend to do shakes unless I'm in a hurry and I'm going to eat somebody. Then I'll do a shake. Um, and then caffeine, last but not least. Uh, caffeine is a very good appetite suppressant and it's also a good energy boost. But if you use it all day, every day, it, you just get withdrawals, so you don't feel anything. So I take caffeine. You can actually buy little capsules. Before I work out in the morning, I take a capsule because I don't want any food. And then I'll take um, some coffee if I'm like, I've, I usually do two hours, so I do a walk and then my weightlifting. So then I'll drink coffee while I'm lifting. And then that's pretty much all the caffeine I have all day. So it's all right then. Um, sometimes in the afternoon, if I get really hungry, I'll have like um, another green tea or something so that it suppresses my appetite. Okay, hot liquids suppress your appetite, by the way. All right, so gut health, we're back to this topic. Um, it's really not a joke. So I kind of, when it first was kind of coming to the surface, I kind of thought it was stupid. Um, John was talking about it, and I was like, but then he showed me this study where they had identical twins, and one twin over 12 weeks lost two pounds, and another, the same twin, same diet, lost 10 pounds. The only thing, and they tested it, was their gut health was completely different. When they smeared their stool, their, their levels of colonies in their guts were completely different. So if you have stubborn body fat, and you have for days in and days out been doing what you're supposed to deficit-wise, it could be that your gut health is not good. The reason for this is you've probably been on antibiotics a lot in your lifetime. You didn't exercise and you ate crappy. If you've done any of those three things regularly throughout your life, it could be that problem. Um, John wrote a protocol, him and Brad Pelon, called Flat Belly Forever, and it's basically a how to reset your gut health and what you do is for two weeks you eat like no sugar and hardly any fiber and you basically starve out all the colonies that are there while you're taking two probiotics a day. And then you start adding in the next 10 weeks fermented foods, prebiotic foods, and it resets your gut health to what you should have. 
So it's just something to think about. Um, I think you could do the plan like how I shared it. Um, but if you want all the research and the exact how-tos, flat belly forever is what you want. Um, so that's just kind of a caveat. Um, anything goes diet. Um, this is just saying that there is no bad foods. And if you look at food as black and white, you've got problems that you need to address mentally. There are sometimes foods and there are all the time foods. So a McDonald's cheeseburger is a sometimes food. We can't have it every day, all day long, or else we wouldn't feel very good. But there's nothing wrong with it in moderation every once in a while. And if it's something that you really love, you're gonna need to learn how to incorporate it into your diet. So um, the best idea is like, if you really like hamburgers, figure out a way to do it on your own at home that you really like. So you wanna eat things that you love to eat. Um, you wanna basically center your life around lean proteins and vegetables. That's your foundation. And then you build out with fruits, nuts, uh, dairy, unprocessed carbs. And then you add in, in small amounts, high fat, high sugar, and processed foods. Those are your sometimes, okay? Um, again, it all goes back to how you feel. And it took me a long time to get here because I used to tell y'all I want a cake all the time. And the more that I got into this, the more I realized how I feel after I eat that much cake. I don't want cake that much anymore. In fact, like last week, my husband, we like to go eat on the weekends out and he loves blue sky. I used to would save all my calories to have cheese fries or, and a green chili cheeseburger. And last weekend I was just like, I'm gonna feel like crap after I eat that. And there's nothing wrong with it. I had a taste of my kids' cheese fries, but I wanted a salad and I got a salad and I was happy with that. And I think a lot of that is a mindset change of like, my body is a Ferrari and I should put high octane fuel in it, you know? And um, so just, it took me a long time. It's called orthorexia when you look at food as like, in, it's innately good or bad. Um, so get, get to a healthy place with food and it all comes from you're in control. You are choosing to eat this way. Nobody's made you. And then you're also not likely to go and binge on eight blue sky cheeseburgers since you had to say no that one time, you know? So, um, so here's the nuts and bolts. For me, planning goes a long ways. Basically, I sat down one time and I figured out 10 meals and I rotate through them. We go to the store for a month at a time and then I might go like two weeks for more fruits and vegetables. But that month at a time can get us pretty much through the whole month. So these are some of my meals right here on my blog. I have all these recipes. One night I might do meatloaf and roasted veggies. The next night I would do fish tacos. Um, the next night would be hamburgers and fresh veggies. Um, chili, grilled salmon and roasted veggies, chicken tortilla soup, shredded salsa chicken in the lettuce wrap taco salad, feed a lettuce wraps, brisket with roasted veggies, and then I like a chopped brisket over coleslaw. Basically what I do when I cook dinner is I make like six servings, even though we have a family of four. That way my husband and I have lunch for the next day. Um, my whole family eats this list. I have an eight and a 10 year old. I know it might sound odd to some of you because you have catered to your children and they want chicken nuggets every meal, okay? 
I'm not going to get on to you about parenting, but realize if it's good for you, it's good for your kids too. And it takes, um, it's a slow change. My kids used to be the kid that wanted chicken nuggets every day. I understand it was me too, because I ate chicken nuggets every day. That's what I wanted. Um, but I get by giving them, this is what you're having. You have to eat this if you want to get something else. This is what you're going to have. And you're always going to have to have a no thank you bite. My kids' tastes have changed just like mine. And my kids say, yes, Brussels sprouts. I'm not playing. It is weird. <laughs> but I love it. Um, they still like the bad things. Don't get me wrong. But when my whole house, I mean, when you look in my pantry, they have like the worst thing in my pantry probably for my kids want is fruit snacks. So... <laughs> If that is the, you know, so their taste buds have improved. When the choices aren't there, I guess this is my point. When the choices aren't there, I'm teaching my kids to make responsible decisions too. So your whole family might experience this, and I've heard this before. Your whole family gets healthier. So there's small tweaks in here for my kids and husband. Of course, my husband needs a lot more calories than I do. Um, he would eat a bun on his hamburger, whereas I'm like, that's a waste of calories. I could care less about a bun. I might bit, get the 100 calorie thin buns for me, or I might just use lettuce, or I might use portobello mushrooms. So you see, there's like choices here. Um, some quick meal ideas. Like I said, I, I eat protein pancakes a lot. It's just egg whites, scoop of protein powder with banana, um, protein smoothies. When I'm in a hurry, I put spinach in it. Um, protein bars. Quest makes some really good ones. Um, I eat those usually for my second meal. They're 160 to 200 calories with 20 to 22 grams of protein. Is it Quest? Yeah, Quest. Uh, GNC sells them. They also have them at Natural Growth. They have them at The United by my house has them. I don't know if y'all's does. They're really good. Um, the secret to Quest bars is you can put them in the microwave for like 10 seconds and they puff up like a fresh baked cookie. Or you can put them under the broiler and they're like a really like brown top cookie. They're so good. So, um, and then the other quick meal thing, like I said, is um, fat-free Greek yogurt with fruit. Um, a cup of fat-free plain Greek yogurt is or 120 calories and 23 grams of protein. I mean, it's awesome. Um, I usually put a little Splenda in mine or Stevia with a little bit of cocoa, it's great. So um, one of the things I coach my clients on is like, I don't want you to change everything about your whole life at once, you can't. Um, I didn't become the way I am overnight. It's taken me three years and I've changed a lot in those three years. Um, basically what you wanna do, so if your goal is I'm gonna eat um, at my deficit and maintenance five, six days a week, one, two days a week, you're going to want to figure out some steps that will take you there. So maybe it's actually grocery shopping. So then you would spend two weeks actually writing down your menus and going and buying. And then the next thing might be, um, we're going to only eat out one day a week. So then you're going to spend two weeks doing that. So the, basically the idea is you need to figure out what actions take you to that goal because 
you can't change overnight. And if you break it up into, this is basically four things and you spend two weeks doing each one, focus on a small change until you're consistent at it and then move on to the next thing. Most of you already have the workouts down. So you have part of the battle already won. So now these small nutrition tweaks are what's gonna take you to the next thing. Um, for me, some of that was wrangling in my weekends. So I had to make sure I wasn't going past maintenance or I wasn't having three maintenance days on a weekend. So some of those might include, I'm gonna track everything I eat on a weekend. Maybe you can Instagram what you eat one weekend. I'm telling you that will keep you accountable. All right, so remember, calories drive fat loss. That's what decreases your overall size. Whereas lifting builds muscle, it creates a shape, okay? Um, workouts take an hour a day, but the real work is controlling the other 23 hours a day with what goes in your mouth. Questions? What's your blog? My blog is venuscrossing.blogspot.com. Venus Crossing. Uh-huh.blogspot.com. Uh-huh. I've got actually like maybe like four different whole like menu plans for the week. Oh, we I I get in a rut. Like my birthday was July 9th. We like ate out nonstop for a week. It was like, let's go do all the things we never do. I don't know like what got into us, but you know. But then once you start, it's hard to stop. Um, when we lived here in Dumas, we would never go out to eat because my husband had arrested everybody at everywhere we would go eat. <laughs> so it made it really easy. But in Amarillo, we don't know. How many grams of protein a day do you take in? My minimum is 88. And I try to hit that, but sometimes I go up to 120, 150. It just kind of depends on. And that's because of your, because of the what you've entered in there, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's not like what, to, to eat extra protein. Oh, no. At one point, it can be detrimental. Yeah, I mean, like if you're going over 300 okay. grams a day, you're going to have what's called protein farts, and you will know. <laughs> <laughs> your body is saying, stop the madness. It will clear out a room. Um, a, a good, a, this is what, if you're really active and you're really intent on building muscle, I would at, le at least eat to your lean body mass of protein, which is a little above Venus. So my lean body mass by DEXA is 110 pounds. So that is probably why I feel the best eating up to that. Um, if you're just like kind of just doing Venus and you're really only ideal is to lose fat at this point, the lower limit, which is what Venus is, it's like this is enough that you won't harm yourself and you have enough to repair, but it's not like you're like not swimming in Legos. You see what I'm saying? And like, I, I get optimum nutrition. And that's again at the same place. It's at GNC. Um, there's a place on 45th and Western that has it cheaper. What is that, Drug Emporium? They have like every kind of protein there is, and they have Quest Bars there too. Um, Optimum's really good though, like you can mix it with water and it tastes good. And this is basically what I do, but I don't think about it in my head. Like when I'm shopping, the reason I buy the things that are on my meal plans are because that gives me the most bang for my calorie buck. You 
Um, no, I really don't. Optimum's pretty good on all that. Um, I've read some of the stuff. I don't really, you know, like if you're eating a scoop a day or a scoop every other day, like in reality, what you're getting is not. That's my feel on it. But I'm not also one of those crazy people that's like, oh, is that BPA free? You know, uh, I'm a chemist by trade, so I'm like in my lab messing with sulfuric acid without gloves on. So that's why I'm probably the way I am. <laughs> if you are one of those people, it's cool. And that's also why I didn't really talk about sweeteners either. Um, let's talk about artificial sweeteners. Um, artificial sweeteners, if you're eating a boatload every day, it's going to mess with your gut health. Um, stevia is not the same though. Let's talk about stevia. Um, stevia is actually an herbal sweetener. It's not artificial. So, but with that said, it's so new, in my opinion, there's not enough studies on it. So what do I do? What I do is I rotate sweeteners. So like when I went to the store last time, I bought sucralose. The next time I'll buy stevia. And I just, the only time I eat sweeteners is in my, my yogurt and my coffee. So then also if I have a Diet Coke, that's aspartame. So I never buy aspartame from the store because if I have the occasional Diet Coke, it's there. <laughs> the point is, is to moderate your sweeteners. I personally, unless it's like a brownie or something I'm having on a maintenance day, I don't make it a habit to have sugar. Uh, I just have, like I said, I alternate between sucralose and stevia. Um, and then aspartame is in so many things that like you might buy, I don't ever buy it. Um, you're not eating it day in and day out, so it's a moderate dose. Anything else? It's about beef, but it's we've gotten so hooked on thinking everything has to be processed and weighed. Mm -hmm. I mean, the whey protein or the soy protein, it's like, it's the best. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. It does it. It talks about it. And it's easier to do. And fish and pork, you chicken. Family on it. Yes, and that's the thing, like, that's why I make some of the things that I made on that slide. I'm not giving my kids a scoop of whey protein. So when I'm having a protein pancake or whatever, it's because they're having something else or they're at school or whatever, you know. So the, the idea is if your body is your Ferrari or your temple, how much more so are, is your kids? Well, I appreciate y'all having me. It was a pleasure. And if um, you need anything else, hit me up on my blog or uh, in the Venus community. And for Coach Schlitz, that is your Venus Factor podcast. Thanks for joining us.